This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. We are back for more off-season, almost training camp edition of It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsay? You like how it's May 8th or 9th, and I'm like, it's almost training camp. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually, I like the period where I don't really have too much to do. I'm looking a little bit forward. Not that I dislike writing or anything like that. It's a long season anymore. The Bengals are good. So I have to keep writing nonstop from like August until still going. <laughs> so. June, That's July. Fun. June, July is nice. The good news is they have one contract already in the books for the 2023 season. Chase Brown running back. They still have the rest of the draft class and, and maybe a few extensions. We've talked about plenty this offseason. So I'm sure all those will be rolling in. Rookie minicamp is this weekend. The offseason program continues for the Bengals and the mandatory camp to be determined on what minicamp looks like. Zach Taylor's actually canceled that the last two years just because of how long their regular season or their postseason has been. Um, so we'll see what June really looks like for them. But uh, we, we haven't really deep-dived into this, not that I think it's a huge deal, but still pretty telling. T. Higgins has been at the, the off-season program the last couple weeks. What do you think about that? Well, I think if there's a dispute, it probably comes next year, right? If, mm-hmm. if he's not signed – because that's when they'll hit him with the tag. <clears throat> and then players don't, I mean, players do mind being on the last year of their deal, but I feel like the real issue comes when they get tagged. And that's when they're like, I- I'm sitting out. I'm not going to go to anything. I'm, I'm just going to be doing what I need to do to make this season count. And other than that, I'm not doing any of this voluntary stuff. But it feels like it's the last year of their deal. I don't know if it's hope of, well, you know, we're not that far apart or there could still be a deal done. The franchise tag feels much more less, much less likely that the deal will, the long-term deals that close to being done than it does right at this moment, but it's still a good sign. I don't want to diminish it as not a good sign because he's here and I assume he's fairly happy because he's not sitting out. He's not doing any of that. So that's uh, all the, T. Higgins' thoughts I have. Yeah, there's. I, I'm happy to have T. Higgins there. Uh, Jamar Chase continues his workouts. I want to say he's in Texas doing those. Uh, we see them a lot on social media. Pretty impressed with what Jamar Chase is able to to lift when it comes to weights. Uh, we've talked about him before. He's like a stocky running back out there. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so I'll, I'll go with Jamar Chase right now. That was like the first thing. That was the first year I actually watched college prospects. I used to do the thing that I think most people do where I watch a highlight reel on YouTube and it's kind of like, yeah, I like him. And then Jamar Chase's year was the first year I was like, okay, I'm going to watch actual film of this guy, like five, six games and develop an opinion. And I mean, it was an easy evaluation, but I remember the first thing I thought was this guy's built like a running back from the size of his legs to being a little bit stout, uh, <laughs> stocky, um, thick, but yeah, just everything made him feel like built like a running back. And the two things that I still remember being higher on than consensus were his yards after catchability, because I said he's built like a running back. He's going to run through tackles, especially corners. That's come true. And the other thing was, I think there was like this thought he wasn't that fast. And I think that's a little bit, he's, he's a bit more of um, <clears throat> more of a glider, despite being like six feet tall, maybe a little less than six feet. He's, you know, like he doesn't look, it looks effortless, I think is what I would say. But you usually say that about guys that are like six foot five, like T Higgins is faster than you think because he's got long legs. Jamar Chase doesn't really have <clears throat> long legs. He just, it just looks easy for him. And he has a third gear. I don't know if everybody saw that, but it felt like he'd be what looked like a sprint with the corner going neck and neck. And then he'd see the ball is like 10 yards ahead of him. And he just like hit the, uh, the, the nitrous oxide, just get that little extra boost and catch the touchdown. So yeah, proud of my very easy Jamar Chase evaluation where I said he is a top five pick, although I did was on Team Sewell because I said Team Panay Sewell, also a top five pick, and Kyle Pitts, also a top five pick. Um, two out of three is looking really good. Pitts, not, I don't know, he had a really good rookie year, and who knows what I did. He had bad quarterbacks. He had bad quarterbacks. He's not going to have a good quarterback this year either. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know what? They might run the ball a lot. That's so. not great for him. That's not great. That's not, that's not, unless he's going to start running the ball. <laughs> It's great for uh, Desmond Ritter, but yeah. uh, <laughs> other than that, no, nobody else. Uh, it's funny because we're at this point of the offseason where we are going into the wide receivers. We have T. Higgins at, at offseason workouts. Jamar Chase is working out. I'm not sure. You, we were talking about the speed of Jamar Chase. Did you see the clip today? Uh, he's training with Micah Parsons. And um, my, Micah beat him a little bit in some of the races. And I'm like, okay, that's a good guy to train with. I still have a little PTSD from the Cowboys game, what he was able to do to the Bengals offensive line. Uh, but if you want to train with one of the best defensive players in the league, probably a good idea if you're Jamar Chase. So that's what's really going on over there. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I want to say he's still kind of doing his thing. And, and uh, they'll probably more than likely all be here when it comes to mandatory minicamp, which is right around the corner. All right. The NFL schedule, it is almost time. And I love it because we all wait for the NFL schedule just because we want planning. What's going to happen? The primetime games, you're going to make any road trips, Cincinnati, what that's, what is that going to look like? Who do they open with? I know a lot of people want them to open with the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. I'm here to tell you, I do not have a leak of the schedule. That will not happen. Ooh, if, if it happens, will not. If, if that happens, I will say that I am completely wrong and I will take everything back, but there is no way the NFL is going to debut that. Here's the thing about that Thursday night game. We love the NFL. It's one of it's the number one sport in the United States. So everybody's going to watch that game. It doesn't matter who Kansas City is going to play. Probably going to be the Chargers or, you know, could be the Miami Dolphins. Just really anybody on their schedule. We're just going to be ready for it. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, of course. Eagles, everybody. Eagles, they play Eagles at home too. That's another one. And I don't think it's going to be the Eagles game. Okay. I think. Well, actually, I Donna think, Kelsey leaked that. 
Oh, did she? She said oh. uh, Chiefs Eagles is week two. Really? I'm a little surprised it's already week two. I thought that they would just kind of spread that around. And I think for the Bengals, and I, I've said this before, and I put it out there on social media when it comes to that Chiefs matchup, which it just feels like they're a divisional opponent now because the Bengals play them two times a year. Um, I think that game is still in December or it's that first week of January game, and it's going to be the 4 o'clock game on CBS. Even though I know that CBS is not connected to the AFC games, they're going to outbid each other for it, and CBS is going to just send a blank check and say, I want Kansas City, I want Joe Burrow, I want Patrick Mahomes, because it's always Tony Romo and Jim Nance. So I, I think that's going to be later in the season. What, what do you think? What do you think that surprise week one game is going to be for the Bengals? Ooh, you know what hasn't happened in a few years and used to happen all the time? The Ravens, week one. No, 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 no. I do not like that one bit. That used to happen all the time in the Andy Dalton era. I felt like they played week one like every other year. When they lost 20 to nothing, I think, in 2017. Oh, goodness gracious. And uh, that was the Ken Zampezi year where, was it four games, no touchdowns? He was bad. He was really bad. I don't know. That was As an offensive coordinator, he still seems to be getting jobs as like a quarterback coach. Maybe he just... He has no idea like how the play works, but I know how quarterbacks work. <laughs> I'll just say the offense wasn't a huge fan of Kins and Peasy um, as the offensive coordinator. So your week one game, do you think it's on the road at home, prime time? What's that look like for the Bengals? Uh, wow. Great question. Great question. I will say it is at home. Yeah, I'll okay. say at home, four o'clock against the Ravens. It is the CBS game. Uh, Jim Nance, Tony Romo's first game of the year. That's my guess. What do you got for week one? Hey, I'm going to, um, a lot of fans are going to be let down unless it's in, unless it's Monday night football. I don't see them playing at home uh, to open up the season because the Reds are also in town oh, okay. and they just, oh. even though they're not generating a lot of traffic. Yeah. They've, um, they've got a, they've, I mean, they've got all the streets shut down for those Reds games. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a big deal. It's a it's a football town. No, I'm just joking, but it is. Um, but I just think that they are actually going to play an NFC team, and I think it's going to be the 49ers. Oh, the all right. Have they ever played the 49ers? I feel like that if they've ever played them, it's always in like December or later. The only two times they, I can remember them playing the 49ers was what two years ago. We talked about the game a lot. And then the other one was when AJ McCarron, and it was like a game that barely even happened. Like the Bengals won. It was like 16 to 7 or something. It was a very boring game. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably I think they there. did. I just don't remember. They did. They played the 49ers. I think they got beat badly a couple oh. years. Well, probably more than a couple years ago. It was September. It was a September game at okay. Stadium. Oh, my time. goodness. I remember that. Yeah, that was a beatdown. That was mm-hmm. week two after they played Seattle week one. That was when Andre Smith, they brought him like out of retirement to start at left tackle. What a year. As, lo- yeah. as much as we complain about the offensive line, there's none of that happening. The Andre, I mean, ooh, Bobby Hart back in town, even though he's still employed. I think he was one employed. of the better ones that year. It was That's true. <laughs> you had Andre That's Smith, true. you had uh, Billy Price and Michael Jordan together on the interior. <laughs> it was like we, we. If we had Listen, a podcast, Alex Redmond. Alex Redmond took a lot of snaps that year. Oh, no, this is some PTSD going back to that. But yeah, so I actually think and that's kind of a wild card because I do think, you know, they're going to get the max of primetime games. The only thing I hope the NFL doesn't do to them, and I've already said it, I don't want the the double dipping on Thursday night football. They play on Thursday night football once. I don't want to do it again. And I do think 
that Friday, uh, the Black Friday game after Thanksgiving, they are a very prime candidate for that game because they want to make that really flashy and a splash for the the big game. And I could see that being the Bills. I'll tell you what, I don't want that. I don't want that or a Thanksgiving game. I prefer my Thanksgiving where I could fall asleep while the game. Oh, yeah, 100%. In Black Friday, I I live uh, close enough to a place that I, I go usually early in the morning on Black Friday shopping. I don't know if I want to, I'd have to plan out a nap or something. It would would be a whole thing. You know, I don't want to get up at five o'clock and then have the game at like 8 PM. I'm I'm struggling to stay awake. I got like a monster or something. Uh, What? So you think chiefs is late season? I think it's December. Yep. Four o'clock game. If you had to predict one Sunday night or Monday night game, who is it? I mean, I feel like it's so easy to go AFC North. You think they're um, doing it again? They do it all I the do, time. But, but I think that it would be solid if they kind of gave the Cincinnati Bengals maybe a home game versus their AFC North opponent. Because yeah. uh, it was wild last year to get three on the road. Uh, I know the Steelers game ended up getting moved to around a 4 o'clock kickoff. But at the same time, I think the NFL will play a few more at Paycor Stadium. Because if you think about it, Thursday night football, um, I know the Kansas City Chiefs game was a 4 o'clock game, so it was a little bit later. Um, the, uh, Bill's unfortunate situation that happened, but the pregame atmosphere before it was, was probably one of the loudest atmospheres I've ever been a part of. So I think that that is still a chance for them to get more at pay court because the NFL is like, look, that, that looks fun. The atmosphere looks awesome in Cincinnati right now. So I think they'll have about three at home, three primetime games at home, but yeah, I think it's going to be an AFC North. Thursday night at home against Jacksonville. Oh, of course. See, I was thinking. Jacksonville might be too good for that now, you think? You're right. I do think Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow in prime time. I Mm -hmm. was like a couple weeks ago, I thought, you know what? They might make that Jacksonville Bengals game in London. What a huge game because you get Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. But I don't think they do it now because Jacksonville is better. Mm -hmm. And the other option would be the Titans. And I think that they're going to keep the Titans game in the United States. So I don't think the Bengals will have an international game. By the time we record this, I know the announcement of the international games will actually be out. Uh, But by the time this is out, but I just... I think that's going to be. I think that's a pro, that that would be a really good Thursday night. Or they make Jacksonville and the Bengals the Friday night uh, Black Friday game. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. my thought is to put that Monday night. And I like that. My only idea on that, and maybe it's selfish, is I want to hear Peyton and Eli talk about good quarterbacks. I'm tired of them watching Daniel Jones. <laughs> that was so bad last year. I mean, Although even the one when time he- the Bengals get on Monday Night Football, they they poop the bed. So that wasn't great, but I want to hear Peyton Manning talk nicely about Joe Burrow. I didn't get it last year. It's still crazy to think about that Monday night game though, because if someone would have told you, I've said it before on this podcast, they were going to lose one of their best defensive players, but they're going to win every single game to go and play unbelievable football. I don't think we, we, we appreciate that 10 game streak enough with the way they're playing football. And how they were playing it. I mean, I felt like the Steelers game was like the turnaround for them because Joe was like, we're in this. We are back. We are here to go. And yeah, he had a couple couple just crazy interceptions. And I don't even, I mean, Watt was doing Watt things. You Watt should um, be allowed to jump and catch the no, ball. No, 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 no. He shouldn't be allowed to play against Joe Burrow. There should be a rule. Um, but, Rush the uh, passer. Come on. 
Yeah, right. But yeah, so that's where I'm kind of at. I think they get the five game max. Um, I, I, I've seen people say, oh, I don't think they put the Bengals and Bills in primetime again. I'm here to tell you the NFL will put the Bengals and Bills in primetime if, the, if they feel like the slot is there. Uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the league and two yeah. top teams in the AFC. They're going to be on primetime if it works out like that. I don't think they're going to be. They're shy away from that. So that's how I feel. I'm excited. I'm ready for Thursday's schedule to come out. I know we already know the opponents, but it'll just be nice to know what's going to happen this year what's it really going to look like but i know a lot of a lot of people are rooting for that chiefs even some of the Bengals players were rooting for the chiefs opener and i just don't see that happening just my personal opinion all right last question and then we probably won't talk about this again because the schedule will be out but the next time we talk mm-hmm. how much do you care about the schedule release and how they do this like one to ten I mean, it's honestly for traveling purposes. I would say probably a seven because wow, I'm at like a three. I don't care how it's released. <laughs> like just, just I don't care if I get it. Like all the leaks and all this other stuff. Like oh, one hundred percent. Okay, it's fun to guess, and then like what, like we're doing now. But the way yeah. they're doing this is like we're gonna do the international games a day early. We're gonna do these. Get I'm just like just release the schedule, man. Just like. I, I love the draft. I love all this other stuff that the NFL does. The awards even. I love those. Based You're not going to – the schedule, I'm not tuning in. I'm not tuning in to them releasing the schedule like one by one. I will wait. I will wait till Friday if I have to. I thought you meant – what do you – like how do you feel about the schedule being released? No, and I'm like, like I'm, I'm ready I, for I it. I enjoy the schedule being released. I more so meant how it has turned into like a spectacle the past few years. But the NFL can do it, you know. They can do yeah. it because people – People will tune in and they'll be excited. But here's the thing. We're going to know. I will say this. We will know before 8 p.m. or 7, whenever it's going to be released on Thursday, what the schedule will be because there's going to be so many leaks and we'll be able to build the schedule and be like, this is when they play this one and this is when they play this one. So we don't even need to wait for Thursday night. But um, but I um, but I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just ready for it. We'll see what happens. Should be uh, we'll get to all the predictions and regular season, what that's going to look like in a few months. But that's where we're at on May 9th. The schedule almost released. But next, I want to talk a little bit about Jordan Battle, maybe the tight end position, and some concerns going into the 2023 season next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We talked a little schedule release. And now Jordan Battle, because I think when you think about this rookie class, and we, over the last few podcasts, of course, recapped what the Bengals did on draft weekend. And Jordan Battle, out of all of them, I was a little surprised they went safety. But I'm also excited to see his impact on the field. I hope everybody stays healthy. And Dax Hill is a great safety. Nick Scott is you know, as good as he can be on this defense. But I'm really excited to see if Jordan Battle makes any impact in his rookie year. What's that going to look like? Because I know you went back and you watched plenty of tape on him and you have a great piece on all Bengals right now. Yeah. um, I think Battle's rookie year is going to be the weird year where we already know Lou's not going to play him if he doesn't think he's ready, which Mm -hmm. to me, I don't think he's going to think he's ready super early. I think you have to understand that Alabama's defense is pretty different than what the Bengals do. Uh, They do a lot of what's called man match coverage where it's man unless or uh, you're reading keys of that. The Bengals don't really play man match quarters that often. Um, And they play a lot of more spot drop zone type things and reading the quarterback and battle isn't super uh, familiar with that. He more so reads the route distribution and the receivers more and keeps the quarterback in the peripheral. Now it's kind of watching the quarterback and keeping the receivers in your peripheral as you're making that flip and having a feel for space and understanding and all these other things. I hear he crushes his interviews. I hear he's an extremely smart player. You don't start for Nick Saban your freshman year unless you're an extremely smart player. So all of this tracks like this. There's certainly a scenario. He is a starting safety in my mind, the starting safeties will be Nick Scott and Dax Hill. I'm just going to keep it simple for myself. I, I don't think there's going to be any crazy like, wow, uh, battle took. Well, if he's going to take anybody's job, it's probably Nick Scott's. If he takes Dax Hill's job, which I think some people have said is a possibility, I'm worried. <laughs> that is very worried. That is very uh big giant red flags are going for your first round pick in 2021. If he's beat out by a third round rookie and a guy on a $4 million deal uh, that if they don't want him on the field, hundred percent of snaps. So I would assume Hill plays. And I think Scott's going to play too, because I think Scott's a solid starter and I think Lou's going to trust him. Scott isn't that dissimilar from Jordan battle, except he has experience in the NFL and playing NFL defenses and the speed of the NFL. Could by week 12 battle take somebody's job? Obviously with injuries, yes. I think he's the first safety off the bench if there's an injury. I don't think that it will be Tyson Anderson or Mike uh, Mike Thomas. Uh, I got confused because like not the wide receiver, but it is still the same guy, <laughs> same name. Um, yeah, so I, I think he's the third guy. I think they're going to come up with some packages to get him on the field. It's just we make so much more out of those packages, and this is a lesson I learned from last year. Hopefully I don't eat crow unless it's fun. I mean, I'll happily eat crow if it's a fun three-safety package. I learned this last year. I thought Dax Hill was going to force them to play a bunch of cool three-safety packages, and they just didn't. And it makes sense because you have to think of who you're going to take off the field. Are you taking Mike Hilton off the field? Probably not. Are you going to take one of your linebackers off the field? You just paid one, and the other one is really good. Are you going to take one of your defensive linemen off the field? No. I mean, you have like seven guys you feel good with in the defensive line. So who's coming off the field for Jordan Battle? It's obviously not one of the outside corners. 
if he's not starting. I think there will be plays where it happens. I think it could be Pratt, could be Wilson coming off the field, could be a defensive lineman. Whoever is probably going to come off the field at times for a Jordan Battle 3 safety package, but I think we're talking like five snaps a game rather than the idea that they could bust that out 15 times a game or something and make it a real third down package. I think the way he could win that is if he could win the Trey Flowers role and guard tight ends. That would be interesting because he's gone. Trey Flowers signed with the Falcons. So somebody's got to be your man coverage guy on tight ends. Jordan Battle, from everything I know, is going to do everything he can to get on the field, and he's going to force their hand a little bit. That's where I see it. You're going to have some fun three safety packages for about five snaps a game, and then he takes a Trey Flowers role for big tight end matchups for another five, six snaps a game. And it's still not going to be a lot, but maybe he could push 200 snaps or so on the defensive side without injury with injury. You're talking plenty of snaps because I think he's the third guy, but that is uh, my outlook for Jordan battle year one, year two and three and four. It gets more fun. Oops. Didn't mean to hit my computer there. Sorry there, Nick. Um, But I, so with Jordan battle, I agree with you. I, I hope I know he's exciting. He's like a shiny new toy. And then you have Lou and Arumo out there and you're like, what's Lou going to be able to do with Jordan Battle? He obviously thinks a lot of Jordan Battle to get him when they already have these two safeties. Um, I definitely think it's a smart move when you don't know what you're going to get with Dax Hill and Nick Scott. Here's the thing about Dax Hill. And we've talked about it plenty on the podcast. People feel like they know what Dax Hill looks like on this defense. They feel like they know what he's going to look like in the safety position for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I don't think we really know what it's going to look like. And I feel a little more optimistic of what Dax can really bring on the defensive side of the ball because we we, we didn't get to see him in his natural position. I mean, you have Jesse Bates and Von Bell out there. It's hard to put Dax on the field, but I, I got the move. I, I understood why they drafted him, and I hope it works out. Look, if Jordan Battle and you're having fun out there, and he and you said two on, you said how many snaps did you feel like Jordan Battle could could typically get with no I'm injuries? Gonna, I'm going to say he's going to push 200. Dax Hill was at 131 last year, so this could still be high, but I think he might push about 200 snaps without injuries. Okay. That's probably so. I, Who knows? Realistically, how what's like your what's your confidence on Dax right now? Oh, uh, hmm. I mean, he looked good in the preseason, like really good in the preseason. But it's preseason, mm-hmm. and he looked good when they had him play like center field or some real safety stuff where he didn't look good was when they put him at outside corner to really bad there. And he was up and down as a nickel corner. I think that was a little worrisome, but at the same time that was against Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans was getting some reps in there. It, it made sense that a rookie making his first ever start might not look great in that situation. I can't say anything more than like a five though. Like other than draft pedigree, liking him as a prospect, which I did liking him in the preseason, which I did. It's just, that only means so much. You're in year two. I, I almost wish there was a game that Bates and or bell sat out. Not even injury related. <laughs> like I don't want anybody to be hurt, but like they won the AFC North. Oh, coin flip, coin flip gate. If they were actually going to rest their starters, then seeing him as a safety against the Ravens, that would be able to move me to like a six or a seven or to a four, <laughs> but uh, hopefully higher. Um, that that would be where I am on that is I, I don't, 
I don't know how you're either low or high on him after his rookie year. You're probably yeah. just somewhere around where you were watching him as a prospect. That's he didn't really have much of a rookie season. I just feel like it's such an odd, the vibes for, for Dax Hill are just wild because I know how people felt about Jesse Bates last year. Um, and then it was like, oh, Dax Hill's going to start. And now it's like, I don't know what Dax is going to look like. So um, I don't know. I, I think it might might take a minute for the defense, what that's going to look like with Dax Hill and, and Nick Scott out there. And then you do have some of these rookie secondary pieces if they do play. And we'll kind of go over to the cornerback room right now because Cheeto's coming back. And, and what looks like for from social media or videos, all these workouts are going really well. And he should be um, good to go for training camp and obviously preseason and what that looks like for, for the cornerback room. And you get Cam Taylor Britt in year two, DJ Turner. Another shiny new toy. Um, I feel like Lou would feel exactly the same way he felt about Cam Taylor Britt before the Cheeto injury last year, that, hey, you're not going to put rush a rookie out there or anything like that. What could DJ Turner look like if he gets some reps, if everybody's healthy? Probably less reps than Jordan Battle. <laughs> uh, it's easier to scheme up these three safety looks. The thing I'll say is he's probably also competing for that Trey Flowers role, but I think he's too small. Um, lengthwise, um, size-wise, I think tight ends will kind of bully him a little bit. Hopefully he proves me wrong on that and he wins that role or whatever. I think Jordan Battle has a better chance just because he's thicker, he's stronger. He could take that on a little bit better. Uh, man, I just – there will probably be an injury or something. You can never have too many corners. He's the first one off the bench, probably inside or outside whether it's a Hilton injury or somebody on the outside with an injury. So I see him playing snaps this year. So I don't want to say he's not going to play, but I don't see him playing much at all without the injuries. If somehow everybody stays healthy and they never pull these players they are always in close games. I don't think he hits like 50 snaps, but I think there's going to be injuries. So when you factor in, I think there'll be an injury inside or outside or both at times. He's got to play. He's got to play a lot. I think he'll end up with plenty of snaps, but it won't be early on. It'll be late. Well, unless Cheeto isn't ready week one, we don't want to just assume he will be. But if Cheeto's ready week one, I don't think he plays too much early on in the season. It'll be later when there's some bumps and bruises along the way. You mentioned Trey Flowers, and it felt a little bittersweet when I saw Atlanta. I know you had a, a couple of visits with Atlanta over the offseason, and it makes sense you, you can reunite with Jesse Bates over there. And I was just kind of like, oh, man, Trey Flowers, the Travis Kelsey guy. Um, so it'll be it'll be intriguing to see who uh, Lou puts on Travis Kelsey when you see those matchups. because, Or you, you could even see the Baltimore Ravens because they obviously have a huge tight end, too. That's a big big part of their offense so I just I don't know I, I'm I want to see what that's going to look like if if it is Jordan Battle who's out there and, and what role he'll play his rookie year so yeah I agree with you um you know DJ Turner was just it was a smart choice you you need to have all the depth in the world in the cornerback room and they'll more than likely not more I, I hate saying this more than likely but cornerbacks are expensive I don't with all the other contracts up I don't think that they would Cheetah would be back after this year yeah, I think that's what the DJ Turner pick was for, is Cheeto's probably gone, sadly. Uh, older, yeah. more expensive, you're trying to get cheap on defense. Uh, it's just the business. It's the business side of everything. And um, you just you have a new player to root for on another team, as long as he doesn't sign within the AFC North. So with this defense, 
We already just talked about it. You know, you're without two of your best players, Von Bell, Jesse Bates. Is this defense better in 2023 with the addition of Miles Murphy too? Probably not. I just, I don't, Jesse Bates and Von Bell is really good. I know. So I think now are they better than the Chiefs game? Yes, because Cheeto was out. Like, fully healthy, this defense is better than last year, but that's because last year had the injuries. Trey Hendrickson was 100% by the end of the year. You're hoping, I think what you're really hoping for is better corner depth to absorb those injuries better, better defensive line depth to play Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard less snaps and DJ Reader less snaps so that they are fully healthy for those final few games instead of running on an empty tank. You have similar linebacker play. It's the same guys. Um it's a lot of the same pieces, just better depth. And then the only difference is probably not as good as safety play. And that's just the drawback when you are not able to sign guys to these big deals. Jesse Bates is a good player. Von Bell is a good player. They didn't retain either one. I like Nick Scott. He's a sure thing, but he's probably at best about Von Bell level, probably a little bit less than that. Um, and then Dax Hill, complete wild card. Mm-hmm. Jordan Battle, kind of also a wild card. And I, I can feel people yelling about like, well, now you have three good safeties. Like, well, they had Dax Hill last year. <laughs> it just never did anything because nobody got hurt. So I assume the defense on paper is a little bit worse than last year. It'll probably perform... I think by the end of the year, it'll perform at a similar level, though. And that's a good level. I don't think you needed to get better on defense. Um, but, yeah, that's where I am. Where? What do you think? Are you more excited, or do you think that this is a better defense than last year? I think you bring up great points when you talk about what the safety room and the wild card looks like. For me, I'm going to bring up this point. I feel like I'm optimistic that they're going to be able to get to the quarterback more. And I think putting that pressure on the quarterback is really going to help their secondary too with some of these guys who are just learning about each other. There's rookie, they're young. Um, You have Cheeto coming back from an injury. What's your secondary look like? Can Cam Taylor Britt take a little bit of a jump in year two? Um, I'm optimistic that you have Joseph Asai. I'm excited to see what Miles Murphy is able to do. Maybe it's not a huge impact in his rookie year. Uh, but that's one of the things, what what we've watched over the last two years, I think it's fair to say the defense well, – I hate saying this because it sounds like a hot topic. The def- I'm, Don't get mad at me, Bengals fans. The defense has outperformed the offense the majority of the seasons over the last two years. Yeah. I mean, fact – uh i don't well regular season i guess you could say the offense but in the playoffs the defense has really stepped up every year both the last two years they were the most important part of the super bowl run and they were awesome again this past year they were not we wanted some a few things to go better for them in the chiefs game they were not the reason they lost the chiefs game um you know they held the chiefs to their what their lowest i think playoff total and they scored a touchdown and held the Ravens to a low amount. They obviously shut down the bills. Although the offense also blew up in that game. That was just a, a beat down, but uh, you're not wrong when you look at the playoff performance. I think regular season, you'd probably take the offense. Uh, but to me, if I'm looking at that, 
I am now at the point where I think the playoff performance is more important. But you're also facing yeah. harder defenses. So, it, but they played hard offenses. I mean, slowing down Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in back-to-back weeks, awesome. Yeah, no, and and I don't mean that as a negative thing because I think this offense is is one of the top offenses in the league. There, for me personally, I think it's easy to say I hate putting them in order, but it's Chiefs, Eagles, and the Bengals for me. Um, of course, it's easy to put the Bills up there too, and there are a lot of teams loaded in the AFC. But I, I think. You know, you have a great offense, but I've been really impressed with what Lou's been able to do with this defense over the last couple of years. And that is a good thing, not, not a negative thing. Do you want to get to a few more concerns and maybe the tight end room next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati? This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Right now we're at schedule, off-season program, rookie minicamps coming up this week. Chase Brown signed his contract, the only rookie under contract right now. We'll hear more about those over the last over the over the next few weeks. But I want to talk about the tight end room because everybody knows what happened in the draft. There were zero tight ends picked for the Cincinnati Bengals. They have Irv Smith. We don't know what Irv Smith's going to look like with this offense. I hope he can stay healthy and he's getting a three-year, $25, $26 million deal with another team, or maybe it's in Cincinnati next year. There is a report. There was a report last night from um, a New Orleans uh, reporter. She had said that the Saints put an um, offer out for Foster Moreau, but there's also a few other teams that have a lot of have interest in him too. Some things health-wise, Foster's going to know more than the internet maybe are going well for Foster Moreau, and we all hope um, that's the biggest thing right here. The Bengals did have him in for a workout before he went to the Saints, and it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to sign with the Saints, but um, obviously he went through the physical and they found out everything health-wise. If there is a chance that Foster Moreau is cleared to play this year, which is absolutely crazy and, and optimist, that's awesome news for him. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, young tight end, Familiar with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Do you bring in Foster Morrell? Maybe. You'd have to feel good about those medicals. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, yeah. you don't want to waste. Not that it's wasting, but, you know, if, if he can't play, that's obviously not. Uh, I guess you could do a future contract, but that becomes dicey a little bit of like, can he do the same thing? I think that they signed Irv Smith right after that news for a reason. And mm-hmm. that was going down their list of starting level tight ends. I I don't think they'll do it. I, I feel like it's in the air as a possibility, but probably something. <sighs> I could be wrong. I just, how's he, I don't understand how he's going to play this year. Like, is this a deal for next year, the year after? where you're just you're getting the rights to him after he's done with his treatment or I have no idea about all this but uh yeah. I I don't think it's super likely I think I think they went in on Irv because Foster was no longer a candidate for them yeah, and I think the biggest thing with the tight end position, we've talked about it before. Um, you know, I think a lot of Bengals fans value value it more than the Cincinnati Bengals do. Um, I, I really do. I hope or for his career, he's still really young and he can he can stay healthy and stay on the field. That would be huge for this offense. And you know, a lot of people kind of see him more as a receiver build, uh, more than a tight end 
positional player. But yeah, with Foster Morel, I mean, we I, we don't know enough. He, the, the report was the Saints have an offer on the table. There were other teams that have, have interest, and he's obviously going to know more than a lot of people. And he would only feel good about that if he felt like he could probably play this year. Uh, but yeah, just a, just just a tight end they had in this offseason. So to be determined on if he plays this year, or maybe that's kind of like you mentioned a future contract with another NFL team. But I want to get into concerns. I know we just talked about the defense. I promise there was a lot of good things happening with this roster. And we talked about the rookie class over the last few pods. But if you were to pinpoint your biggest concern, it can be offense, defense, special teams, Where's your concern level and, and what's the biggest part of this roster going into 2023? And you don't have to say right tackle. <sighs> it probably is right tackle. Uh, because on offense, you feel good about most positions and you think you may have been able to add some dynamicism to the running back room and Chase Brown. You think Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase all going to be better than last year. If you're thinking of a progression path for them, you're thinking probably you have good depth at wide receiver with a guy on the outside and Trent Irwin, a guy on the inside and Charlie Jones. You're probably feeling good about left tackle. You just paid him a big deal. Center right guard both played really well. I think your two areas of concern on offense would be right tackle because that involves probably a guy switching sides or Hakeem Adenji or Cody Ford starting, or Lyle Collins, but I assume Collins won't be healthy week one. I mean, that's also a scenario, I guess. And maybe a little bit left guard just because that was kind of the weak link last year, although he played at a fine level for a rookie. Um, you're hoping for better play. I don't think that's a super concern. That's just like, a in my mind, you're facing the chiefs and Chris Jones or somebody like that, that becomes a little bit of a concern there, but tight end is also a concern, I guess, especially with Irv Smith's health. It's more than likely you will have a game this year that drew sample starts. And that ball, did you just figure that out? Cause Irv Smith has a huge injury Michael, history. Can we just like uh, maybe add another, I don't know, an eligible offensive lineman out there and just, and just, you know, maybe, maybe we just sit that out. Maybe no tight end for that moment, that play. I just, I don't know how I feel about it. No offense to Drew Sample, but you know, he is coming off an injury, but he also, he is a tight end that went to a Super Bowl. Super Bowl tight end Drew Sample. Uh, yeah, I, it's more than likely he's going to start a game this year. You're hoping it's not too many of them, but I'm not sure when the last time Irv Smith has played a, a full season is. That's not to disparage Irv. I hope it's, I hope it's this year. I hope he plays 17 games in the regular season or 16 and they rest their starters in the last week and whatever. And then he plays every playoff game. But when I'm looking at how the seasons have gone for him, it's more than likely Drew Sample's going to start at least a game. And, how concerned are you with that? To me, I'm not that concerned just because I remember last year when Mitch Wilcox and Devin Asiasi were starting games and they were still winning and didn't really seem like the offense took much of a hit. I'm, I just remember, I want to say it was the Falcons game or the Panthers game when Joe had Asiasi open for a touchdown and he just wasn't anywhere. He didn't get the ball. He was right there. It was a walk-off. It was right to the end zone and, and he just let it fall to the ground. So I don't really believe in him too much. Um, Asi Asi, the main thing I remember not to kill him. Well, two things, one good, one bad. 
I remember the okay. good thing was he absolutely destroys Josh Uchi on a on a run block. He was a fairly good run blocker. And the other one, he didn't go out on a route on an RPO, and it turned into Joe Burrow uh, like a quarterback ISO play. That was not how they drew that one up. And you probably don't want him running between the tackles too much. Uh, but that was because Asiasi didn't go out on a route. He just started blocking. Um, so you're hoping none of that happens this season. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible Drew Sample starts a game, and what does that mean? Probably means you're going to leave that tight end to block more often because he's not really much of a receiving threat, but he can add value as a as a blocker, run blocker, or pass blocker. I don't want to say he's, like, a high-end, like, very high-end blocker, but he's he gives you probably plus value there. It's just not plus-plus George Kittle, Mercedes Lewis-type dominant run blocking with good pass blocking like it's more so he's gonna do the best probably out of anybody on the roster at blocking from the tight end position so maybe you build a little bit of a game plan that involves that more than the tight end being a dynamic receiver i still think they bring and and you can correct me if i'm wrong uh mitch wilcox back i think that would be yeah, fine to get i think so too um uh, you know pretty much team friendly deal uh, to have him back. And and if you need him for a few reps out there, that's fine too. But look, they have their receivers to do it. I, it's, it's crazy to, be, it's crazy to, to not like, I, I think about Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, you know, what's Charlie Jones going to look like for them as their fourth receiver. Um, I, I, when I think of concerns, I, I think it's easy for me to point at the offensive line. It's obviously been a concern for five to six to seven years now. When we talk about this Cincinnati Bengals team, I think it would be awesome if they were, if, if Jonah Williams can just be, even if it's a little bit below average at right tackle to have that for Joe Burrow for once to your four would, for him. That would be the best right tackle that Joe Burrow has um, ever had a little bit below average. Well, I've said it before. I think that they were a Riley Reef away from a Super Bowl uh, versus the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, if you have a, it's absolutely insane to think about what Joe took to the Super Bowl when it was his offensive line. Yeah. If you watch those player introductions, you're like, oh my goodness, those were the guys protecting him. Uh, kind of, not really. Uh, it was. It's 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 wild to think about even last year. And I know a lot of people, it's easy to joke about the offensive line in Cincinnati and, and what it looks like against some of the AFC North talent on the defensive line. Yeah, it's strong. It's, it's difficult. But last year, they really were getting into a groove. And if Orlando Brown can, you know, help Cordell Volson on the left side, um, you know, hopefully Ted Karras can just stay healthy at the center position because the backup stuff terrifies me. Uh, and then you look over at right guard, Alex Kappa. I really enjoyed what he was able to do. It was really unfortunate to get that injury so late in regular season. And if he would have been available in the Kansas City Chiefs game, what that could have looked like. And then Jonah Williams. It really just feels like Jonah Williams is going to be the right tackle to start. Um, they'll obviously have that competition. It's his job to lose for me personally, I feel that way. Uh, Jackson Carmen's going to compete for it. And then for Lyle Collins, I think it's smart to do this. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I know he, he, it's still a little bit of a price tag, but put him on the pup and you'll have that depth and, and you don't rush Lyle back to the offensive line. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know what, uh, what are you doing with the money if you get rid of Collins? It's, it's not that cheap when you look at He's making starting right tackle money because right tackles mm -hmm. just aren't paid like left tackles. But if you don't really have a plan with the money, I've said this a lot about Joe Mixon, 
I'm not cutting guys just to save money. I'm cutting guys if I need that money. So if you need the money because everybody's extending, then sure, I guess you could let him go uh, if he passes a physical. But if you're not going to extend, if the extension talks have stalled on at least like one of the three big ones, you're probably fine keeping everybody on the team without having anybody take a pay cut. Um, I would say Pup is most likely for Collins to start the year because he's probably not going to be ready in the first few weeks. It's not just probably going to be week one that he misses. Here is a fun one for you. Okay. Who is the right tackle starter? Not week one, but like week 12. Oh, no. I'm Here's what's going to flip. This is going to flip the fan base upside down. Jonah Williams. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's where it gets even here's where it gets fun because I think if Jonah Williams is performing on the offensive line and we don't even hear about him because he's protecting Joe Burrow, this is a win-win for for the fan base and let me ask you this. I know Jackson Carmen's still on the roster and I have no clue what they're going to do with Jackson Carmen, but look, the more offensive line on on in this room, the better for me personally. What if Jonah Williams has a better season at right tackle than we've ever seen about left tackle. And he has a great season this year for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he deserves all the flowers in the world. And, and, I, hope he, and I hope he does great with, um, I don't know, the Raiders. Gone. He's gone. You're That'd not be a right tackle it. move. Well, if he does that well at right tackle, he's probably getting signed as a right tackle. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, what if he performs really well and he's like, you know what? You know what? If he performs really well, he probably makes the same money he would have made at left tackle. When you look at like the McGlinchey contract and those type of guys, Chiefs, a team would probably buy in that he could be their right tackle. So I think that is the best way for him to recoup value is to perform at a pretty high level at right tackle and just let a team buy in on it. Um, It could be a lot of different teams that could do that because right tackle is weak. It, it's weak around the NFL. It, it's why edge rushers like running, rushing from that side. But yeah, that's um, that is far from a nightmare scenario. My nightmare scenario is that you are trying out like Cody Ford by week seven because nobody else has worked out, and you're like, all right, Cody Ford shot, and you're just like hoping Collins is back to where he was last year. Like that's the real bad scenario. If Jonah's playing great, awesome. That's great. I hope he's healthy all year. <laughs> Oh, that would be a nightmare. I don't want to think about it like that. Uh, I, I really do. I hope it's Jonah Williams. I hope he for, performs well. And, and maybe it's his last year. It's more than likely going to be probably a 90% chance this is his what last is, year. What is the case that he gets kept? Because I'm at like 95% chance it's his last year. I am at an, I'm very high that he's gone just because of how everything kind of went down with Orlando Brown and not yeah. that you know they, they bring in a left tackle. They didn't tell him and it all happened. And then they move him over to right tackle. He was kind of hurt by it relationship mended maybe maybe he's like you know what i like this right tackle stuff but at the same time where the Bengals want to save money is probably i mean the offensive lines they're expensive so you probably don't want to shell out a whole bunch of money since you got your left tackle over here and you're still cheap at left guard and then you have alex kappa for another how many more years of alex kappa be after the season two one Two. One or two. Correct us if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong. I, I just don't have it up. Uh, but you would have him for another season after that. 
And then Ted Karras, I mean, you really do got to think about that center position too, but the offensive line would be, would be good maybe 2024 too. Um, but yeah, I just, the Jonah Williams experiment is going to be, tell me if I'm wrong. Cause I said one or two. <laughs> one or two. Alice Cap is signed through 2025. We love it. We love it. Mm-hmm. And if Alex Cap keeps performing like he did last year, then that's fantastic Wonderful. for this offensive line. And then, and then hopefully Cordell Volson takes a jump. I think mm-hmm. that's a, another huge thing. We, I, I've already talked about the Orlando thing and being next to Orlando, what that's going to mean, and Ted Karras. But I just think for Cordell to step up, that would be huge for the future of this offensive line. Um, you want this guy. You want to be cheap. You want to have a guy in year two, year three, to be able to perform at the guard position because those interior spots, they're pretty expensive. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, Jonah Williams. I'm very optimistic that he is the starter in September and hopefully he can stay healthy and get a big payday for another team at the end of the year. Yeah. You've talked uh, to me out any possibility of a return. The Titans, they could use a right tackle. I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, Jonah Williams to me, it's either, and this is a scenario I'm hoping for. He plays himself out of the Bengals market. They're not willing to pay that much for the right tackle, or he doesn't play well enough to get another deal with the Bengals. Like those are the two, ideas right the only way i could see him coming back is almost like the jesse bates thing last year where we were pretty certain jesse bates was leaving but and i guess this is more likely than bates because bates was a second team all pro and he had i thought i think the nfl thought pretty highly of him for jonah i'm not sure they do uh i think that if he performs okay like not great Mm -hmm. not bad but enough that the nfl doesn't really care that much he tests the market and it's just not giving him what he wants. And Cincinnati's like, we'll bring you back another year. I think that's the way he could come back. I don't think it's likely though. No, it's, but they're probably looking for a stopgap right tackle. I think next year. Well, I think I agree. Uh, But I also think you bring up a good point. I hope Jonah Williams plays himself out of the, out of the Mm -hmm. Cincinnati Bengals market. I truly do. That is a great thing for Joe Burrow in this offense. Cause if Joe Burrow has time, it's going to be really fun to watch if everybody can can stay healthy. Obviously, that's going to be the the biggest concern going into those December and January games. But uh, but yeah, that was kind of fun. There was plenty to talk about schedule, offense, defense, some of the concerns. Um, I do want to get into more of what the offseason looks like for Joe Burrow, kind of expectations for him in year four. But we'll have more of those over the month of May and be working on a few guests to join us on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. I've talked about it before in the second segment when you talked about Jordan Battle. You have a great piece on all Bengals. Make sure people check that out. Do you have anything else that's going to be coming up over the next few weeks? Well, next few weeks, yes. Uh, but by the end of the week, there should be a Charles Sizzle uh, Chuck Sizzle article up. Um, intriguing guy, intriguing prospect. I can't wait to read it. And Bengals fans should too. Make sure you're following along over on Twitter, Bengals underscore fans. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. Thank you for listening to it's always game day in Cincinnati.